0: We are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Lori Carter. And we have a new pursuit. Head on us, Lori.
1: Hi, Ed. On December 28, 2010, 13 year old cheerleader Haley Dunn was reported missing to Colorado City Police. Searches involving law enforcement, the Texas Rangers, and the community began immediately. Haley's case eventually attracted both local and national media attention. Haley was officially a missing person on January 3rd, 2011. In March 2013, remains were found near Lake J.B. Thomas in Scurry County, Texas. Later that day, law enforcement announced that the that the, the remains were those of Haley Dunn. To this day, there have been no arrests made in Haley's case. As you are about to hear, there are many people wondering why.
0: And yes, it is. Um, You know, a lot of people, (laughs) uh, it's got a lot of questions, and this is a weird, weird case. Very weird. (laughs) So um, we have as our guest, uh, Haley's dad. Uh, He goes by Clint Dunn. He's from out of Texas. Really good man. Uh, I've had several conversations with him, and he's been through a whole lot. Clint, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Ed. How you doing?
0: All right. I'm doing okay. Clint, let's start out with who your daughter was. What kind of kid was she when she was growing up?
2: Uh, she's just your your regular kid, you know, in, in the regular American life. And uh, She played a lot of sports. She did really good in school. Uh, she had a lot of friends. And she didn't ever get in no trouble. She brought in straight A's. uh, Real loving and, you know, we had a lot of fun together.
0: Okay. Um, Was there a time where she lived with you?
2: Uh, Yeah. When me and Billie Jean first got a divorce, she came to live with me for about three or four months.
0: Okay. And so what was that like? You know, a single father raising a daughter.
2: She... She didn't adjust very good going to a new school, and she wanted to go back to Colorado City, where she'd been going to school at her whole life, where she had all of her friends.
0: Okay, so uh, how do you how did you adjust with that?
2: Well, at first, it was pretty hard. Uh, I got really depressed when we first divorced, and uh, I guess as I got better, I got back up on my feet a little bit better and But at first, it really knocked me down pretty hard whenever we officially separated.
0: Okay, okay. So now we come to the situation with your daughter. How did you find out?
2: Uh, Billie Jean had called me that Tuesday. And she asked me if I would um, call the police station and report Haley missing. And uh, I was like, hell no, you call the police station and you tell them. That she's missing. I don't know what to tell him, you know. And so that was when I first found out was that Tuesday around 1 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: So she wanted you to call the police to report your daughter missing that you knew nothing about. Am I correct? Exactly. Did did that strike you as a little odd?
2: Yeah, it did. I mean, and I got real mad at her right there on the phone. I was like, you know, what the hell are you talking about? You called the police department, you know. You hang up this phone right now with me, and you call the police department. And tell them what's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, I kind of hung up the phone on her, and then uh, the next thing I knew, about I don't know, she got home probably about an hour, two hours later or so. Uh, she had walked across the field, and she had told me that she we don't know where Haley is. Mm-hmm. That she was supposed to go to my house. And she was supposed to go to a friend's house and spend the night and she never made it to a friend's house and uh we don't know where she's at.
0: So once she come and tells you this, what's your next step? What what takes place after that?
2: Uh well that that night I didn't know I didn't have I didn't know what to do. I was just sitting on the back porch where I could see my front where I could see Haley's front door. I could see my old house from where I lived. I lived right across the street. And so I'll just sit on the porch watching to see if Haley would come home. And uh, she never did. And then the next day we started walking around the neighborhood and just you know, checking ditches and and trash cans and uh, abandoned houses and people's sheds. We just started walking around town looking around.
0: So at this time when you're going through this, did you, you know, just set Haley's mom down, you know, Billie Jean, and say, look here, you know, do you know more? Is there something? Did you have any extra questions for her?
2: You know, I, I never did. I never did even look at her and ask her any, any questions, come to think about it. I uh, I didn't know. I wouldn't know. I was kind of, I was in shock. Okay, And uh, the last thing that I thought in the world would happen was, you know, that Sean and Billie Jean had did something. I was, you know, for the first week or two, I was hoping that she would, you know, that she did run away, that she went off with a friend or, you know, that something would happen, that she would come back
0: what would make her so you was hoping she would run away what would make her want to run away was things bad at
2: home no she she didn't never want to run away but i was hoping that that would that would be a better scenario than I, i guess what happened you know uh i didn't i just wanted her to come back for that first couple of weeks i was expecting her to come back
0: so now we this boyfriend that the mom's boyfriend Haley's mother uh how long he how long he's been in the picture
2: uh since 2008 when we separated that's why she uh she had kicked me out of the house and that's why because she had a new boyfriend already
1: oh oh and yeah
0: so she your marriage became a problem when this sean guy showed up am i correct yeah okay so you find out about this uh she kicks you out of the house and she moves Sean Atkins in. Am I correct?
2: yeah, almost immediately,
0: almost immediately, okay, so when did you start noticing hmm something ain't right because here's my thing, the reason why I asked i you know i did a lot of research and you know ran through some things where there was allegations of chronic neglect, drug abuse, um, you know, perversion, porn, same thing. And so it's like, okay, look like some red flags should have been raised. Uh, you know, did, did you ever have any suspicion?
2: No, none at all. I never thought that anything messed up was going on or anything that rough. I mean, I've seen my kids every day. I've seen Haley practically every day. She would come over to my house, um,
1: Clint. I have a question: When Billy Jean moved Sean into her home, were the kids there with her at that time? Yeah. Okay, and how did Haley react to that?
2: Uh, well, she never did like Sean, you know.
1: Mhm.
2: So, and she really didn't have much of a reaction. It was it was me who had reacted because. I had found out when I went and picked Haley up, and uh, about a week later, and Haley told me on the way home that some that a dude named Sean had been staying there at the house already, and uh, that that was the first time that I ever broke down in front of my daughter or anything, and I broke down crying in the car, and uh, I, you know I, it, I I got really depressed right then.
1: Well, those are hard things for the parents that are divorcing to deal with, let alone. Uh, kids having to deal with them yeah um and was there a time uh correct me if i'm wrong that Haley uh told her grandmother that sean was like pacing around at night and peering into her bedroom
2: yeah that's that's what she said
1: and this was like soon after he moved in or was it after a while
2: um i'm not sure it really didn't come out until Haley was missing
1: okay okay so when it
0: came out when she was missing who did it come out through
2: it was my mom that said it my mom started saying that she felt guilty or something that Haley was telling her that uh he was walking around outside her door at night when he she was sleeping and okay. that he would just and then his shadow would stop and he would just stand there like he, she like he was facing her door Huh.
1: And uh, that had to be terrifying for her.
2: I think uh I think she said that Haley had a baseball bat and she would just sleep with the baseball bat or something like that. I didn't know anything about any of that.
0: And so so Haley never mentioned anything to to you about that. No. Okay. So now we she's missing. She be she be you know she's found. Uh tell us about that day when you received that information.
2: No. Uh, um, I was in California working and my brother had called me and, uh, he told me I needed to come home because they found Haley's remains. Huh. And, uh, my first, my first reaction was I told my brother, I said, well, dude, I'm just going to stay here. You know, there's nothing that I can do. He's like, no, my brother, you know, kind of talked to me, He's like, no, you got to come home for this, bro. And, uh, I didn't want to at first, you know, I was, I was like, I don't want to, what am I going to do when I go there? Have a memorial, you know it's i didn't I didn't want to come home. I didn't want to come back to Texas
1: then it would make it more real if you were there Oh yeah, so you finally come home,
2: yeah, we come home, have a memorial uh that was pretty much the last time that I'd seen a lot of those people at this memorial, and i got I fell into depression right there. I just uh, I quit working and I just lived in my house and when I needed to pay the electricity, I went and sold an antique or something that I had and I did that for the next couple of years. Uh, really depressed.
0: Yeah, I understand. I I do. Um, so you know we, we you come to this now and you have the memorial. Now it's the you're in the stage of the investigative part of it. How did that go with the police?
2: They, the police never communicated with me at all. They uh, they just never. They uh, I, I would have to watch the news at night to see what was going on in my daughter's case when she was missing, because the police wouldn't. They didn't want to talk to me at all.
1: They didn't even give you updates or anything.
2: Yeah, nothing. Why is that? I don't know. I guess they said it's not like you see it on the movies.
1: Oh yes, is it they is. Told me.
2: Yeah. When and it I comes mean, to they, that, they straight up would not tell me anything at all. I had to watch the news every night to get the information on my daughter, what was going on in my daughter's case, and it was—I mean, it was—it was on the news every night for months.
0: So did you? you know, try to communicate with Haley's mom and say, hey, what's going on?
2: I didn't ever say anything to her. I didn't talk to her. I was just kind of on my own thing. You know, I was passing out flyers and uh, looking for her. And then it was a couple years, it was about two years after Haley was found, two or three years, that I just realized, you know, that all this strange stuff that Billie Jean had did, you know, I started realizing, man, she why did she do all this stuff for her?
0: Why what, did she? What,
2: what? Why did she lie? Why did
0: she? Uh, what stuff are you talking about?
2: Just the lying to the police. <clears throat> she she lied every time she would open her mouth, pretty much. Okay. And you know, and she uh, she uh, she hid a a book at my friend's house, at her friend's house. She had a witchcraft book that she took over there and told them to hide. Like a, just a couple of days after Haley was missing.
3: Hmm.
2: And I found that out and and the fact that me I don't know, she she I think that Billie Jean knows something. I think that my son David knows something.:
0: Well let me ask you, um, how did the police find your daughter's remains?
2: Uh, from what I know, a prison guard was out there arrowhead hunting, and he found a skull. He found a human skull. And that's
0: how they were found. Hmm. So he—I'm assuming he called the police, right? Yes. Okay. So the police go. Now they. Now they. Well, I'm sure after forensic work, they was able to determine it was your daughter. Am I correct?
2: Yeah, through DNA.
0: So was there any other connection that could have put, you know, the police in that direction?
2: I mean. They had um, confiscated Sean's cell phone, and they seen all the cell phone towers that he pinged off of, so they knew the location that he was at, okay? Okay. And this is, this, is, this is that Monday that she supposedly went to my house and to her friend's house. That Monday, his phone pinged at the same place where her body was found three years later. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, um, they they also, they have a pair of coveralls and a pair of work boots that they got from Sean. Okay. And that's in their evidence that they have. And I've asked the uh, detectives to check the diatomes on his boots to see if they match up to the diatomes at the lake area right there. And diatomes are little microorganisms that uh, are specific to each body of water. And so... And I, they never tested those, and it, just like I, I, I didn't want them to give the remains back. I wanted them to keep the remains, and, and let technology get better. You know, forensics is changing every year practically, and they're figuring out new stuff. And I wanted them to keep those remains until we figure out what happened to this little girl. Until we figure this case out.
0: Yeah, I understand. Now, you were speaking here a few minutes ago. You said something about you guys, uh, you were on Nancy Grace. And, you know, looking at all the evidence and and, and looking at that past, the the interviews, it seemed like your ex-wife, Billie Jean, it wasn't, I didn't get the feel that she was trying to get to the bottom of her daughter's case. It seemed more like she was there to to attempt to control the information that was already out, to 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 con- control it, to say, Okay, don't feed into this, don't look into this, I want you to look this way. How did you see that?
2: Um, I was off in my own little world, you know. I wasn't realizing all the stuff that she was going I mean, we were both kinda of being put through the ringer. Uh, see that Tuesday night that we called. I went to jail, and so I was having I was having all this other stuff that I was dealing with. Also, I got kicked out of my apartment the next day. Uh, I had lost my job because I didn't go to work that Monday or that, and I was, uh, everything just started messing up for me right there at the first, and I wasn't really. Concerned about what Billie Jean was doing because I didn't know how we either one of us were supposed to be acting So, you know, like that Wednesday when I went over to her house and she was just sitting there watching TV and My son was in the bedroom just sitting there playing the video game with his uncle uh, I didn't know what to think, you know, I didn't I didn't get mad. I didn't get sad. I just I Was off in my own worlds just thinking well. I've got to do something You know, I've got to get out here and I've got to beat these streets. And if I've got to look around and walk down every alley, then that's what I'm going to do. And so, you know, I really never did look at Billie Jean as thinking that she had anything to do with this that entire time for for the first four or five years. I didn't want to. I think that I didn't want to think it. I mean, cause it was so, it's so obvious and clear, and all the lying that she did, and all the the suspicious shit that she had done. Uh, just, she's told a bunch of lies, man. She told the police that about her ride to work that morning, that her, she carpooled with somebody, and she said that her person that rides, that gives her a ride every morning, called her that morning, and said that they couldn't give her a ride to work, so she had to ride with Sean. Now i talked to that co-worker years later after this happened i talked to her and she said no Billie jean called her and told her that she found another ride." so i'm like well why did Billie jean lie to the police about that you know why did Billie something jean that lie, simple why did she lie to everybody about the reason why she felt her i mean she felt a polygraph oh. and then she made she made up a lie for the reason why she felt it she said that the polygrapher told her that sean had failed his polygraph. And so she said she was all worked up and that's why she failed hers.
1: Now, is that something that, that has the polygrapher, has that person been asked if he actually told her that? Yeah, I had asked them. Um,
2: six months later, they brought me in to do a polygraph just to make sure and just, they said to shut some people up and they couldn't tell me who, but they said, you know who. It It is, but we're just going to do it just to shut them up. So I was like, okay. And uh, whatever, y'all just, just hurry this up because you're wasting your time. So they take me down there and I take my polygraph and it's the same dude that gave Billie Jean her polygraph and Sean his polygraph. And I look at him and I said, well, what, what did the polygraph say? He says, like, I can't tell you. I was like, well, wait a minute, you son of a bitch. You told Billie Jean what hers is. I mean, I got, I got pissed off real fast. I was like, you son of a bitch, you told Billie Jean what hers was, and you're not going to tell me. And uh, he's like, I'll, I didn't tell Billie Jean nothing. He says, I can't tell nobody that. He said, that's the, that's like the number one rule is you don't tell everybody what their results are as soon as they walk out of the, the, the room, you know? Correct. And so that's when I found out that Billie Jean had lied about that right there.
1: Okay, and I, and I
2: even I even told him I was like, dude, do you know that Billie Jean said this on an interview? She said on camera that they told her that she that he had failed his polygraph. Did you know this? And he's like, well, no, I don't. I don't think so. I was like, well, isn't that something right there? Why is she lying about that? Take her
1: in, fucking do something. I don't know. So, um, what about Sean's polygraph? What? What were the two things that he was actually honest about on his polygraph?
2: The uh, what it I said in the affidavits was that he had told the truth on they asked him where could they find Haley and he told him in Scurry County.
1: Was this before or after she was found? This is before. Okay. This is um this is
2: only a couple of weeks or so after she was missing. Okay. So this was very soon into this. And then the other question was, um, who should we be looking at? And he said, bo- the both of us.
1: Meaning referring who? To
2: him and referring to him and Billy Jean.
1: Okay. And then he failed 80% of his polygraph. True.
2: That's what they said.
1: Okay. And then, and then. So did they go? Did he give them a detailed area of where she could be found after this? Did the police talk to him? And that because why did it take so long for them to find her? I mean, I guess at, he pulled
2: he pulled the stuff off of him during his interview and walked out of the polygraph and he said he was done with all this. And then I guess that's
1: the last that they interrogated them. But it, to me, it seems like um, once someone's had a polygraph, whether they fail it or pass it, typically if they fail it, that's when the police come back and question somebody again. And then they have that information in front of them to go by while they're questioning them. They didn't do that?
2: As far as I know, he walked out of his polygraph and he went home. That's, I mean, I don't know if that is what happened, but as far as I know, that's what I've heard. Okay. I can't can't remember who told me that. You know, I can't remember at all. But as far as I know, he walked out of his polygraph test and that was it.
0: Okay. All right, well... Also we have as a special guest um Clint hired uh a private detective and her name is Erica Morse. I hope I said that right. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay, Erica, welcome to the show. How you doing?
3: I'm well, thanks. How are you doing it?
0: Okay. So, you've been sitting here listening to this twist and turns and you know, I, I've been reading into it. My team has been looking into it. This is a strange case. You know, help us understand what the hell is going on here.
3: <laughs> um, this is a situation where a little girl was reported missing almost possibly 36 to 48 hours after anyone could actually confirm her whereabouts. Um, there's a big, big window of unknown surrounding the day and a half to two days before any anyone found out she was missing, before the press got a hold of it, before the police were notified, before dogs could be brought in. There was a major delay in the reporting of this case, and as a result, several jurisdictions uh, – well, originally – for the first two or three days, there's a lot of back and forth um, between Billie Jean and the police that they classified her initially as a runaway and that her report wasn't taken seriously at first. The police dispute that um, heavily and say, no, we had dogs there that day. We had FBI profilers in. We had multiple jurisdictions working it. Um but because so many jurisdictions swooped in and tried to make up for lost time, so to speak, we think that some information got lost. We think that old detectives didn't necessarily note certain things, that aspects of, of the file and evidence aren't necessarily all together. Um, we can you know, talk about that a little later. But we've talked, Clint and I both have talked to detectives who have not realized there was a piece of evidence in their own lockup and that that evidence contained more evidence. And so over the years, we've kind of um, learned the hard way that not every hand in law enforcement that's touched this case knows what the other side was doing. And I think it got very convoluted from the beginning. It was a nightmare with the media. Um, H.L.N. and Nancy Grace picked it up almost immediately and, and worked on it for six months and then all of a sudden dropped the case like a hot potato when Nancy's producers claimed that Billie Jean um, lied on the show. Um, we had failed polygraphs and a mom who wasn't acting right um, from the very beginning, a father who was in shock trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and quite frankly, several communities in this West Texas area on red alert because when they say things don't happen like that down here, they really kind of don't. And so, you know, C City's a population, I think, of around 7,000, or 7,000. It was the biggest thing that West Texas has seen in a very long time. Um, so it consumed the community and almost immediately within days, um, the police, a couple different law enforcement officers pulled Clint aside and said to him, Sean Atkins killed your daughter. And this is not a guess. This is not an opinion. This is a fact. Sean Atkins killed your daughter. So they put that into his mind very early on at a time where he wasn't ready to hear it. And he spent the next two-and-a-half years pretty much driving up and down I-20, coming to people like me in the press for help. We'd make, you know, 500, 1,000 copies of flyers for him, and he'd get back on the road. Um, There were allegedly sightings down at the border. Clint would take bilingual flyers down to Mexico and hand them out to Border Patrol and, you know, pass them out to vehicles crossing the border. He lived and breathed this for years, and while this was happening... The police would pull him over every chance they got and nail him on, you know, driving on a regist- um, expired registration or expired uh, insurance. And they would just throw this dad in jail time and time after again. And it it just got really confusing. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. These two were holing up and, and not talking and they failed their polygraphs and the media won't talk to them. And, you know, because they've been accused of lying to the press. It's kind of a big mess.
0: Yes, and, and it is.
3: but oh, you- It is. It is. And, you know, Clint was promised for the longest time, two and a half years, um, that as soon as Haley was found, Sean Atkins would be arrested. This was not in dispute. It was pretty much a fact. You know, right. you find us where she is and we will arrest him. And the day she was found, um, several jurisdictions went out there to the lake. And because you had, you know, a crime allegedly committed in Mitchell County, she was found in neighboring Spurry County. The FBI was involved. The Texas Rangers were involved. You've got DPS troopers from the state, um, plus your local, plus your sheriff. It was a mess in terms of jurisdictions. And the day after she was initially located or identified, I'm not sure which, the Mitchell County um, police officers were instructed to drive that file over to Scurry County and give it to John McDaniel. John McDaniel shut Clint out of the case and the media. That was, the in 2013, was the last time anyone in law enforcement has even addressed the media about this case. Everything stopped when it went over to Scurry County. And the detectives from the earlier jurisdictions were throwing their hands up in the air and going, give us this case back. We're ready to prosecute. And this guy sat on it for six years. And not only did he sit on it, but when people would try to call in tips, he would disconnect his office phone. We don't make that statement lightly. I don't make that statement lightly. He would ignore tips uh, that I emailed in or other people emailed in. And when other law enforcement jurisdictions tried to take the case back, they got their hands slapped and were told to stick their noses out of it. Wow. So last year, when I obtained my license at Clint's request to solve this case, um, the first thing we did was gather a petition of 2,500 plus signatures and demand that he be removed from the case. And it worked. And the case was taken away from Scurry County and it was sent over to the cold case investigations uh, unit at the Texas Rangers and assigned to an investigator by the name of Dean Fant. And investigator Fant um, advised me to keep working with a local ranger while he got up to speed. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, a couple weeks ago, I got an email from him saying, well, I had called or I would We'd stopped by the rangers, we'd called him, we'd emailed him, and finally he got back to me and said, oh, yeah, you know what, I was promoted a few months ago, I never even looked at the case, call your local ranger if anything comes up, other than that, I can't help you. I'm going, whoa, whoa, wait wait a minute, we just got this case taken away from the investigator who buried it for six years, and now they moved you out of that unit and nobody's overseeing this case, are you kidding me? I've, I've brought two new witnesses to the table. People who are running around claiming that they were present when Haley Dunn died. One of these people has not even yet been interviewed by police. This is absurd. It's absurd.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, let me ask you, Erica. Mm -hmm. Um, this is something I brought up to Clint. Mm -hmm. I noticed in, in our investigation, we found that, um, there was chronic le- neglect, uh, drug abuse, um, mm-hmm. sexual uh, perversion going on in the home. Can you can you talk
3: about that? Um, we okay. When one of the search warrants was served on Billie Jean's home, police discovered everything from several biographies, true crime uh, stories, um printed out from Billie Jean's work and underneath, I believe they were hidden underneath a mattress or the bed. They found some USB drives, um, some computer images that we were later told contained bestiality, which is a crime in Texas. Um, There were allegedly over a hundred thousand images of child pornography found all throughout the searches. Wow. Of Billie Jean's home, Sean's parents' computer Um, USB drives on his keychain, multiple places, and that was never prosecuted. Um, And it's really important to note that there were, I think there were 26 different serial killers that were referenced in these printouts. And what's disturbing about these printouts is if you take bits and pieces of each one of these stories they actually add up to the alibi given about Haley. This appears very planned. And I'm not sure that's the case. I don't know if it's an ugly coincidence. Um, The info we've been chasing for the last 13 months or so indicates that Billie Jean absolutely participated in the cover-up but may not have been there when Haley actually died. We've been trying to give her the chance to come forward and work with our team and talk with Clint and have a chance to hear what we've discovered and work with her ex-husband to put away the, the guy who did it. And she's unwilling to do so, and that's really unfortunate. Um, we wanna talk with her, we wanna get her involved from you know moving forward and Yeah, there was just a lot of deviancy. There was definitely some some drug abuse going on under the house or under that roof. And one of our witnesses has since claimed, you know, there was early talk about Haley could have been a runaway. And that was dismissed by everyone she knew. Okay. I have a witness that claims otherwise. I have a witness that claims that Haley was very unhappy the last couple weeks at home, that things had gotten very bad with Sean, that her mom was ignoring her in the last couple weeks. And that Haley was actually considering running away. And that that was one of the reasons why it it was so convoluted in the beginning was because um, it would have been credible to, to her closest friends and maybe her mom and Sean that Haley took off. Okay. And it doesn't match with her character of what we've learned or, or what Clint has talked to our team about. But okay. yeah, there. We've definitely been told she may have been considering running away.
0: Okay. And, and that's I why that's I asked huge. it earlier.
3: Yeah, I think that was actually used as, as a stall tactic to buy some people more time, and, and that's really sad.
0: Yes, it is. It is.
1: Um, Erica, can you tell us about the uh, Marcy? Is that her name? Macy? Macy. That's it. Um, okay. What, what it is... Exactly that she's had to say about all of this and um, them meeting all up in a hotel with three guys.
3: Yeah, we actually re-interviewed re, um, those witnesses today just to make sure that um, we had three people and not two. Um, we're being told now, two guys, three gals. Okay. Um, so, you know, I wanted to make sure that I clarified that. And for the people who are going to hear this, this is a name they haven't heard yet. We... As your team knows, we kept this quiet until this podcast for for specific reasons. Um, Macy was a girl that came to Haley's school prior to a few weeks prior to Haley's disappearance. A very troubled kid, um, and a kid that Haley seemed to really kind of latch on to, maybe in a way to help her out, a, a kid that had some real troubles at home and personally. and Haley was the type of friend that wanted to help her out and Macy has inserted herself into this situation a lot over the last several months. She's talked to some friends and claimed reportedly to have um, been present when Haley died. She claims that she and Haley and another friend from the cheerleading squad um, went to the hotel down the street and met up with a couple guys. And that some alcohol was consumed, and some drugs were consumed, and that one of those one of those men was was Sean Atkins. Um, claims have been made that Haley may have accidentally overdosed, and maybe stopped breathing or had a reaction to a particular drug, and that the people inside the room panicked and decided to take her to the lake and that it wasn't it wasn't clear to the people who were there whether or not she was still alive and if this if this information is true then they may have left her out at the lake alive and there were several pings from sean's phone that that early morning over a several hours window where he went back and forth in that area oh And police have never been able to explain why the multiple pings, why he would leave and go back. And we were told that it was because he was checking on her to see if she was alive or not. Did police go and search that area? That area was cornered off for over two weeks once she was found. And um, several jurisdictions were out there conducting evidence. We were told, all we were told, we meaning the public, was that... um, they did not retrieve all of her. They did the best they could, but they they were not able to retrieve all of her. And, and when
1: was this? I mean, how many years did it take for them to get the pings from his phone and follow up on that?
3: The pings from his phone, that stuff was known early on, first few months. Um, but they didn't I do cannot anything? Stress enough, I cannot stress enough that within a day of her being identified, the case was sent to a new detective and nothing we know nothing that was done the public doesn't know clint doesn't know i don't know um other law enforcement jurisdictions don't know we don't know if any of this is followed up on i did ask uh john mcdaniel the scurry county Diaz investigator about a year year and a half ago i think it was no. no it was longer than that maybe two or three years ago um if he had talked to sean if he'd interviewed him and he's like well no where is he I said, he lives up the street from me. What do you mean, where is he? You want his address? (laughs) If you've had this case for four or five years and you haven't interviewed the prime suspect, what the heck? Right. So, really, I mean, as far as we know, the only work that's been done on this case since 2013 is the work that Clint and I have done over the last few years. And then we ramped it up when I got my license because that opened up a lot of new avenues and resources, um, and that's when we started pushing, putting pressure out there. And we got these these two new witnesses who have, you know, both put themselves there. Um, the second witness, you know, that we've discussed with your team is a man whose name I want to keep confidential at this point because I want anyone who who has talked with him. To come to me and give me his name. Um, The information that he claims to have is much more valuable at this point than his name. There is a man who claims to have been standing next to Sean Adkins when Sean Adkins reportedly shot Haley Dunn in the head. Wow. And that information matches with part of Macy's tip. We have a total of four independent tips and all of these tips match this long story that Macy has told. And nobody in law enforcement has the time to look at this information right now. So, you know, as of today, we started putting a lot of pressure on these witnesses. Ed, you know, I know that you talked to Sean last night briefly. I sent Sean a couple of messages today and let him know that people are starting to talk and what they're saying. And if the police aren't going to put pressure on these these persons of interest, then we will. Right. Because it is not okay that two people are walking around claiming to have been present when Haley Dunn died and naming other people who were present and nobody is doing anything about it. This is unacceptable.
0: I agree. I agree. You know, um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, here's what I'm trying to to understand. So maybe we can get somewhere with this. Did the police ever tell you or Clint what the cause of death was? No. No, nah, did they no. they just refuse to tell you or they just said we don't know?
3: John McDaniel um told me a few months ago that he won't discuss this case with anyone outside law enforcement and my badge doesn't qualify as law enforcement. Um the other investigators have indicated to me, the previous ones, that if they disclose cause of death to me, you know, they know me well enough to know that I'll share that information, and they're going to get in trouble. And so, you know, God love them. They've done a lot to help this case, but they they just know that telling me or Clint what that cause of death was means the public will know about it immediately. And so the guy who had, you know, had the authority on this file for the last six years just shut everybody down. So it was a great little tactic. It was a great way to bury the case and make it go cold. We just don't know why he did
1: it. How does he keep his job? Not sure. Not sure. And the DA says what?
3: DAs in Texas hide behind um, a rule that says that they can't talk to witnesses, suspects, anyone. That's what their investigators are for. (coughs) But their investigator isn't working. Correct. Bingo.
1: And that's an appointed job?
3: Yeah, pass the hot potato.
1: Is the investigator, is that an appointed job?
3: Yes, it's an appointed one, not an elected one. Okay. But, I mean, from what we were told, and I sent you, I hope you received those, Ed. I sent you the emails from law enforcement talking about how the case had been accepted and that Scurry and Mitchell counties had been notified. Yes. Um, So you have those, you know, it's not like, we've been accused of bluffing. We've been accused of telling the community that the Texas Rangers had the case and they never did. You've seen the emails from the Texas Rangers. Right. We don't feel like releasing them to the public because we have some people who don't know, um, you know, don't know how to distinguish facts from fiction um, who follow this case. And quite frankly, we don't feel comfortable releasing uh, emails from from law enforcement for those idiots to get their hands on. So, um, you know, but we've disclosed everything that you know, that shows our attempts to try to get them to listen. And, and you know, you saw the, the conversations in those emails about me providing evidence on USB drives to the Rangers and what that evidence was. And so it, it's very clear that we've generated new tips, that we have new information, we believe, and that those tips seem to kind of merge together. And they've started to paint a really clear picture of what could have happened to Haley. But until the police match that information with their physical evidence that we don't know about and start dragging people in holding their feet to the fire. These people are going to continue to get away with it. Now, I do want to point out, cause this is really important that Macy was interviewed by the Texas Rangers and the kind of the timing of it was odd, but I sent the tip to John McDaniel. He kind of ignored it for a few days. He told me that he'd shared it with other law enforcement agencies, and he didn't, That, to my knowledge. I called the rangers and asked them if they knew about the tip, and they were like, no, send us the information immediately. I sent one ranger the tip as Macy had gone. She'd been picked up on an unrelated charge at Howard County Jail and was held there for about two months. And as I was getting this information over to the Rangers, she was going to a jailer and asking to speak with the jailer about the Haley Dunn case. I've interviewed Macy. The Rangers have interviewed Macy. I've got this in writing. I've got this on tape. Um, There is no disputing that the Texas Rangers interviewed or interrogated Macy and that, according to her, that they slapped photos of the crime of the, the dump scene where Haley was found. Um, in front of her that she claims to know nothing but I received a tip that she'd been telling people what happened and then she went to the jailer asking to speak with the detective so I don't feel anymore that her name gets to stay quiet because she's inserted herself in this case one way or another yeah and we've we've held on to her name for I believe like six or seven months now if not longer and we decided that when your team and your investigators took a look at this and said, "Nope, this is bullshit," um, that it was time to to kind of share with the public that we're not we're not messing around here. We're not bluffing. Good. good. We actually have some some pretty good, solid information here.
0: Exactly. You're
3: and m- more than one person um, was involved in those conversations with Macy. It's not just one one tipster we have. It's multiple.
0: Multiple. Okay. Okay, so with everything that's going on, <clears throat> y'all running into all of these <clears throat> problems, issues. Um, you would think a grieving father whose daughter was murdered, you would think that the rangers, the police, everybody, the prosecutor that is involved would show some type of sympathy in trying to put some hard work into trying to, you know, to solve this case. And and, and, and let, let me make be clear. I reached out to Billy Jean Dunn, and I'm going to go on record saying this. I have talked to, I have helped people in so many cases. I have, you know, worked many cases. Mm-hmm. People that... Are not criminally involved. Uh, they are open book with me. They will. Ed, give me a call. You know, shoot me. A, you know, and I'll call them. Is that it? Any more questions? I got. I got all day. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're just so cooperative. But then when you get those that, well, I, I, I don't want to hinder the investigation. I don't want to uh the cops told me not to talk to nobody and i people are gonna twist my words if i talk to you you know i get one excuse after another mm-hmm. and so that makes me look at you suspect and mm-hmm. i reached out to Billie jean and Billie jean dunn believe it or not she was like oh you know hey I appreciate you looking into this my daughter's case whatever oh however it there's this one case uh, it is about some guy missing and she said, Did your team look into this? And I'm like, uh no, I contacted you about your daughter. You know, she she was trying to throw another case to me. Just don't worry about my daughter. Uh you know, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. look into this case here. You know what parent does that? What mom does that?
3: Um <laughs> If I'm answering answering as somebody who's worked, you know, well over a thousand cases, um, it's somebody who doesn't want to talk about the case. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's just how it goes. Um, You know how much time we've spent, you know, talking to your team about this over the last couple weeks. And I know that Sean shut you down last night. I know why Sean shut you down last night. Um, It... I was reading something today that that said the time has long gone for the two of them to be able to say, I didn't do it. And that was the the acknowledgement that everyone was looking for in this. I didn't do it. Clear me, roll me in, roll me out, and then go find who hurt my daughter. Um, again, our information leads us to suspect at this point that Billie Jean was most likely not there or present when Haley took her last breath. Okay. Um, but it is clear that she has participated in the cover up. She was arrested for it. That that's a public record. She was arrested for hindering um the search warrant in March of twenty eleven when the police showed up to Um, obtained some evidence from Sean's keychain. And she lied to the police and told them that Sean was not there, and when they entered the home with the warrant, they found him hiding in a closet. And she was arrested for hindering the investigation. Wow. So, um, you know, I understand she's upset. I understand she's angry that we're we're working on this. But she she shouldn't
0: be. She shouldn't be. But
3: she shouldn't be. No, she shouldn't be. Because I'll tell you what, and this isn't something that's talked about a lot, But um, my boss was the original PI on this case and she fails to forget or fails to remember, I apologize, um, that when my boss was working for her, that she had no problem using him as a weapon and threatening to use him to go after people in the press, in the police department, in the community, um, that he was going to look into them and take them down. And she used him as a threat. And my boss moved away from this case years ago, because, quite frankly, his client lied to him, and he dropped it. He stopped working for free.
0: Well, you know what? I agree. Because why are you using me to to, to go after the press and the police? No, use me to find to find out who killed your daughter.
1: Exactly. Correct.
0: And so that's you know that's what makes so you know after I talked to her. Um, with billy I, I, I knew right then i said, saw oh, this woman here yeah she ain't about to write because first of all when i'm hearing that you got uh videos with animals <laughs> uh, i lose a whole lot of respect for you yeah you know that's some nasty, that's some nasty shit mm-hmm. and so uh then uh clint i mean not clint but uh i talked to clint clint has been nothing but cooperative with me you you know this eric he's he's been mm-hmm. nothing but cooperative with me yeah uh he he wasn't coached and, and and he was an open book well as you know when i contacted sean it was a whole different type of ball game because sean atkins is a coward okay and any man that uh <clears throat> is potentially responsible i don't know 100 percent for sure that he did this he- but it, it sure points that way. The A lot of evidence, you know, the the, the cell phone uh, pings hit off that tower. So look like Sean Atkins is a coward. You know, if he didn't do anything wrong.
1: Get yourself cleared.
0: Yeah. You know, talk to me and say, hey, Ed, this is what happened. This is Erica and Clint and whoever else is trying to do this or trying to do that. No, he wanted he he just became belligerent and you know so that just erica i've dealt with many of these cases before i know a criminal when i talk to one why because i used to be one so you that's know that's
3: why we chose to work with your team ed yeah we were just talking about it today we don't want someone who is going to look at this and only look at Um, the facts of the case we need somebody who's going to look at the behavior of the people involved and someone who knows when someone is hiding information exactly and we chose you because you specialize in that and um i'm not afraid to say it i'm you know let's just make it clear that people in this community have had a field day Releasing Clint Dunn's criminal record that really didn't exist much until his daughter disappeared. You know, hey, if you want to celebrate the fact that the police nailed this guy five times while his kid was missing, then you know, go to church and get some help. But um, you know, we just—I don't know. Clint's not a saint; was never a saint. Um, but Haley was. Haley was.
1: Haley was and a child.
3: Haley was a child, but Haley was also a child who never missed church on Sunday and insisted on riding the church bus when her mom and dad stopped going. And I never had the pleasure of meeting the child, but I've I've learned a lot about her personality through her dad, through her little sister, through her friends. And the one thing that I know that Haley wanted more than anything was her parents back together. And... were really worried that that may have gotten her killed. That, that she was too afraid to speak up, that she didn't go to dad with some things that were going on, that she was worried. You know, Sean and Clint had gotten into an argument a few months before Haley disappeared. There was a physical altercation. And Haley, I think, was probably afraid to get her dad riled up again.
0: What was that about? Can you tell us what that was about?
3: Um, Clint can speak more clearly to that. Um, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, well...
2: it it was one day i was at my mom's house and uh i was sitting there watching tv and sean comes up banging on the door and he's asking me where's billy jean at and i don't know i ain't seen that bitch in a long time (laughs) i don't know where billy jean is and uh so so he's maybe 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 she was at
0: the nearest maybe she was at the nearest horse bar (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, he, was, he was
2: accusing me he was accusing me of having her there at the house you know he, he said you're sleeping with her aren't you I'm like dude I am I ain't seen her I said like, you're barking up the wrong tree but he got me reared up and I went out to the yard I'm like dude if you want to fight let's, let's do this uh-huh. and we got into a fist fight right there in the front yard and I ended up choking <laughs> him out and the police came and arrested him and <laughs> Left me alone because it was on my property. Yeah, and uh, and that was that. Yeah, you know, I I choked him out in the front yard.
0: Good for you, good for <laughs> you. Well, okay, that makes sense now. Okay,
1: uh, I just wanted to know if one of you could um, talk for just a, a minute or two about things that are happening to you right now and um, concerning Sean. And uh, let just get some of that out there and let the public know some of these things that are, are happening to you guys that shouldn't be.
3: Okay. We really, really need to stress um, to the women in our community right now um, in West Texas, Big Springs, Sea City, Snyder, um, to be careful about who they engage with online at the moment. Um, over the past three weeks, we have received information from more than half a dozen women um, that they have received um, inappropriate and illegal um, videos and photographs of Sean Adkins, of his genitalia, of his private parts. Two of these women claim that their home has been broken into. Um, We have been told by several of these women that they they met Sean at their workplace and then um, he found them online. One of the women, uh, he found her boyfriend, he found her sister. Um, when they block him, he messages from another account. Um, you know, I think Sean was shocked when he, you got his phone number and it's like, why not? These women have been calling us with this number for weeks. Um, he's He's putting himself out there. Uh, he leaves late at night, he drives around, I know the hours he's out, he knows the hours he comes by our house. Um, it is no secret that Clint and Chloe live with our family. Get over it. They took his home, they took his job, they took his credibility in the community, they blacklisted him from the oil field. We gave him a place to live. Get over it.
1: Can you, uh, tell us about, uh, if you want to, when you guys were in line at a grocery store or somewhere like that, what yeah, happened? Yeah, he
3: he just basically made a reference to how's Chloe? Where's Chloe? Um, that's Haley's little sister. Um, to you guys? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's not the first time. It probably won't be the last.
1: And this is he this left. is
0: the suspect Sean Atkins, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. Wow you know he likes to come by the house um we've had people stop by the house and take pictures of Haley's little sister and um my vehicle you know I'm a private investigator and my vehicles ended up online my license plate personal information financial and you guys information
1: have, you guys have reported all of this to the police oh God yes yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, nothing's yeah. been done no
3: no 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 the police don't want to hear it they're they actually told me, they're like, well, you're the private investigator Go investigate. I'm like, I did. Oh, wow. Bringing you the evidence.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. That's So that was their attitude, yeah, right? You're doing okay. what you're supposed to be doing.
3: hmm Yeah, I'm doing my job, and I'm not even collecting a paycheck. What about you guys?
0: Mm-hmm. You know what, Erica, you know what would be nice that you and Clint can fly me down there to Texas for a couple of days and let me go um, mm-hmm. go get a, go, go in the restroom or go behind a a garage or a shed with this Sean Atkins I, I I'm not going to say what's going to happen I would just like to <laughs> ju- I would just like to just go and have go- one five minutes just a good 5 minutes with Sean Atkins so Sean if you'd end up listening to this uh, uh I would love to come and you know uh I'm not saying to commit violence let's just say let's have a dance you know, we'll just say that, mm-hmm. Lori. A yes. dance, and I, I would like to meet this guy. I really would, Erica. I, I'd like to meet this guy because this seems like he's just tormenting, and it's yes. like he's being a narcissist. That well, you know, I dare you, or ooh, I just, I just, guys um, like him, I would just love to just come to Texas and just. oh. I
1: well, would like to say, pray for sh- me. Yeah, Sean Atkins, and this is Lori. If you're listening, I would just like to have a conversation with you. You could come on the show and, you know, be on the podcast. If you're not guilty, clear your name.
0: Yeah, she's right. She's right. All right. So, um, Erica, you and Clint, we appreciate both of you being on the show. Uh, Erica, I I appreciate your fight. Uh, You're constantly posting. Um you know constantly calling the police and, and and doing everything you can to protect the community um trying to get this case solved um, you know my my team they they commended you you know how well you were preparing the information Erica keep fighting you and Clint Clint as well keep fighting um and we're okay. and we're going to keep fighting too um, and so happen if I end up in Texas, I'll give you guys a call and old Patty Eddie might end up coming coming to Texas and being a little Patty in Texas. and know about old Patty Eddie
3: because I can get Patty. I
0: can be bad. I got a bad side to me, but I got a good side to me, too, Erica. So, you know, I'm just saying I just love people. And I hate to hear stories like Clint losing their daughter, being murdered and you know, people covering it up and and you know, I just hate hearing these stories and these these children and you know, we talked about that too, Erica. And you know, uh the scene like the police just fails us. So when the police fails us, then it's time for me to put on my black shoes, hit the pavement, <laughs> and let Patty Eddie come be him. Mm-hmm. So that's just what it be sometimes. But like I said, we know you both are busy because you two are constantly at it. Thank you for taking the time to be on our show.
1: Yes, thank you. Now, so
0: you much. want to tell everybody about your uh, website and your Facebook.
3: Yeah, um, we the Facebook page, um, which is primarily where we share information, is um, Who Killed Haley Dunn, and the website is WhoKilledHaleyDunn.com, and all the information on how to... Um, reach us is on that and you know check it out take a look um there are a lot of videos up there from clint um that were done in the last year kind of out laying out the the case and going back to the beginning and for those who are just kind of tuning in or learning about it this this is a case that's going to be solved in west texas but believe it or not some of our best tips have come from all across the nation because there are people who have moved away from here and they're just now starting to understand the severity of how bad this case has been handled. And then I think that's something I want to close on. Um, We've had to sit Clint down over the last few months and really prepare him for the possibility that this case may never be prosecuted. It's not about the case not being solved. It's that We've been warned by people in law enforcement that evidence may be missing, that aspects of the file may be gone, and that there may have been mistakes made by law enforcement officials throughout this case that may result in it never being prosecuted.
0: Wow, wow. If
3: that's the case, then Clint's decision was to make sure that her story was told one way or another. And I'm tired of, of people accusing this man of vigilante justice. That's the last thing we want. It's the last thing, thing that, that we advocate for. We are advocates. Um, we run an organization for missing and murdered people. And it is not okay for people to be messaging us and offering to kill Sean Adkins. We've reported those to the FBI. We've reported those conversations to the Texas Rangers. We still work within the confines of the law. And whether you're doing it for fun or whether you're doing it for real, it doesn't matter. It's a crime.
0: Yes, it is. Yes. yes, it is.
3: And Clint Dunn is is committed to making sure that if someone pays for this, that not only is it the right person, but that they pay for it the right way. The right way.
0: Okay. And so, I agree. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, Erica, you guys keep doing what you're doing. And you. you have my number. You keep in touch with me, girl. You and Clint, oh, that I goes will. for both of us because I'm telling you, oh, Ed, oh, Petty Eddie, ready to come to Texas. I'll get my cowboy hat. They sell them here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, next time I visit the Hoosier State, you and I will we'll meet face to face and talk about this.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, all right. Take care.
3: You all too. right, guys. Thanks thank
0: you, so thank you thank for, you for uh, joining us, us listening. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook, um, Crime Pursuit podcast facebook page you know we post a lot of stuff so you know uh come and you know join us like the page follow the page hang out with us we always keep stuff going on and we're going to be having some stuff coming up regarding our new t-shirts now also we have a new logo so you know go on our page and tell me what you think about our new logo all right i like it i like it this my feet ain't fat enough All right, you guys have a good night. Take care.